You're probably gonna want to get this on camera. I don't want to do it. Dude, I don't want to do it. Okay, are you ready? Okay, Come on, do it. Give me a countdown. I will, okay. I promise. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Are we rolling? I'm gonna get the gum. Pull it right out of his mouth. My theory, though, is that it's like a muscle. Watch this. Dude, holy crap! That's why I think we're getting stronger, you know? It's... She thinks it's so much. No yes, it was the black guy this time. He's <laughs> working it out. There's nothing stopping us. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, that's just some red What the hell is this guy's problem? Was it an accident, Andrew? Andrew? I'm worried about Andrew. Listen to me. We can't screw Wait, around with this. We... It's too dangerous. Andrew, it's Wait, not a game. Andrew! Stop this right now! Ciao a people and welcome to our 224th episode of Happiness in Darkness, the superhero movie podcast where we discuss superhero movies from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse Image and more. Naturally there will be spoilers folks, so you have been warned. I am one of your hosts, Dijanek. And as always, joining me is my podcasting partner in crime, Mr. Keith Bliss. Hey, Keith, how are you? And happy new year. Well, happy new year to you too, sir. Um, I, I can't complain about life in general. I will be complaining about this movie for the better part of the next hour. But otherwise, all things being considered, it's been a, a good new year so far. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that 2024 has kicked off uh, the right way. And when it comes to this movie, and of course, before we get down to this movie, we hope that all you listeners out there had a great start to your 2024 as well. And got to celebrate and ring in this new year and hopefully be a great one for all of us. And when it comes to the movie, today we are discussing Chronicle from 2012. This was directed by Josh Trank. The screenplay was by Max Landis, who co-wrote the story with Josh Trank. There wasn't a soundtrack because, of course, we're doing found footage. And an estimate, this movie cost just $20 million to make and made $168 million at the box office. So it did particularly well for itself. So, uh, Keith, when it comes to uh, general impressions and you being the one who picked this movie, what did you make of Chronicle? You do have to keep rubbing that in, right? Like, I picked this movie. Um, I, I, I am not a fan of the found footage genre of movies. So with that being said, um, I apologize for recommending this movie because I dislike this movie with such a passion i turned it back on and i was like damn it why did i recommend this movie uh, i will say the cast definitely does have its saving graces you know um with uh, andrew's character and steven's character and you met the three you know main antagonists the chemistry with them is very 
you know, believable, plausible, especially, you know, you have the loner outside his one friend and then like they get, they pick up a third friend along the way. Uh, the story was uh, painful to watch. It was very much the angsty high school, blah, 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 blah. And I would almost say this was, uh, could be conceived as an allegory for um, school violence. That's the nice way I can put it in the United States because there's a lot of bullying done in this movie and our main uh, character does eventually, or one of the main characters does eventually snap and start really hurting people. And that unfortunately is very common nowadays here in the States. And, and no, I'm not going to soapbox about violence and whatnot, but I'm just saying there's a lot of parallels. Uh, with that being said, I'm kind of surprised it cost as much as it did. It did not seem to be that expensive or that high end of a movie. This reminds me of the Blair Witch Chronicles, but with superpowers. Um, I, I Weirdly enough, I would have liked to have seen a sequel in the style of a normal movie where it does pick up with... Um, Alex is our Matt's character when he's been in Tibet and he does look into the origins of this creature that gives him their powers and abilities. But unfortunately that will probably never happen. Um, quality wise it's found footage. So you can't really, you don't have that same high bar as say the Avengers or DC movies or any other large big budget movies, because again, they're going for that rough and tumble and gritty and it does show, and I will say, they really own that category and genre of films. Again, I'm not a fan of it, but when it's done well, it's very believable. Similar in the vein of um, Blair Witch, as I've said, and um, uh, what's that movie with the giant dinosaur guy? I just blanked on it. Um, uh, Cloverfield? That's it. Thank you. Just like Cloverfield. Um, me personally... I get motion sickness sometimes with too much found footage, shaky films. So that's kind of a, a reason why I don't like it. But I know everybody, a lot of people really rave for that style. What did you think? Did you really enjoy the movie? I don't know if you had seen this prior to my unfortunate recommendation. Well, I will say this was a first watch to me for me. Um, and I don't mind found footage films. I mean, there are a couple that I have actually enjoyed. You know, you mentioned the Blair Witch Project. I actually enjoy the Cloverfield trilogy and obviously the first one being a found footage. It Wreck is a great uh, found footage horror movie. So you have quite a few in within that genre. I thought it was interesting. We got a superhero movie of sorts via a found footage. And um, I will say that when certain characters came on screen, I'm kind of like, yeah, I have a feeling you're probably going to be a villain because of other things that I've seen you in and you tend to be villainous. Yes. But, but I will agree with you. I wonder whether this movie might be um, an allegory or a metaphor for teenage violence and, and what have you, and just how somebody who gets pushed to the edge ends up lashing out of the world the way that Andrew does. And of course, we'll be talking about him uh, here shortly. There is that. And also, I think there's a lot of foreshadowing throughout the course of this film as it is a continuous a continuous escalation when it comes to the our, our three characters because i mean we ha there's there's quite the cast here but the other the other characters are kind of just ancillary and barely get to do anything i guess they're more than anything reasons why certain things happen or reasons why certain characters don't go to the dark side if you will but no i i, I didn't mind it i thought it was a decent enough movie and uh, 
I, and I was like kind of surprised about the short runtime because this movie is barely an hour and a half. And I was, I was curious to see how are they going to tell a story like this in 90 minutes or thereabouts. And by and large, I think they pretty much succeed in what they have to do. And, you know, you mentioned about a sequel. And apparently a sequel has been in the works for the longest time, except they wanted to do an all-female uh, cast of characters and uh, it being set 10 years after the events that are portrayed in this particular movie. So I guess if we'll see if this ever sees the light. But uh, I think it works even as a standalone. I don't think we need a sequel, to be honest. But... um. And I, and I think it tell it makes the points it has to make. And I think one can almost fill in the blanks for oneself. Aside, of course, from the mineral that gives our, our three leads powers, you can pretty much, I think, excuse me, leave it open, open, um, you know, open ended. So I was fine with that. And like I said, I, it's not. I, I actually enjoyed it more than I think you did. So yeah, this is not too bad. So I guess then let's look at our characters on the board around whom this movie revolves around. We have, of course, Dane DeHaan as Andrew Detmer, Alex Russell as Matt Garrity, and Michael B. Jordan as Steve Montgomery. So, Keith, what did you make of our three teens and their gaining of these crazy powers? I actually enjoyed the three of them in the respects that they play their characters each very well. When you see them on screen they're very believable you're like yeah that is you know the the jock all-star that's the outcast and then that is the kid who literally gets bullied by everybody on the face of the planet those almost to a stereotypical kind of fashion in terms of casting but i will say the chemistry amongst the three of them is very believable it's not as we've mentioned on other films it's not very forced and unnatural where it just looks like three characters reading stories or reading lines rather from the movie to each other where it's like okay joe let's do this sure steve okay and you know very flat and very one-dimensional there's none of that it's very believable you could see these guys out in the field like when they were practicing their powers with the baseball totally believable hitting each other because that's you know what high school kids would do is they'd beat each other with baseballs you know is it dumb a hundred percent is it something i probably did when i was in high school 100%. So it's very relatable in that respect. So I will say they definitely, um, to use the same you know allegory, they hit a home run with these three. I don't know if this movie would have necessarily done as well with other individuals, but you know it, we'll never know because obviously they, they use these three gentlemen. Uh, I did enjoy them. I will say there was a little boringness on my part in the movie, but I think that was just more me and my mindset going into this otherwise yeah I, I would if they the three of these guys did another movie right around this time frame i probably would watch them in something else because they seem almost weirdly like um the trinity of captain america iron man and thor they have that kind of vibe where you could see these three characters being superheroes in another universe obviously one of them is the bad guy so we'll say loki but I could see them playing superheroes in other MCU, uh, DCEU, all of those universes. And I would totally watch these three again. Well, very well said. I mean, interestingly, of course, Michael B. Jordan has gone on to be a, a you know, 
decent part of the MCU, obviously, uh, in when it came to Black the Black Panther movies, of course, uh, as Killmonger. And uh, the the reason why I mentioned earlier that I kind of felt that we were going to get a, a dark turn when it came to Andrew is it's Dane DeHaan. And the, the other movie I'd seen Dane in was The Amazing Spider-Man 2, where, of course, he plays Harry Osborn. And he goes completely nuts. And, you know, we get that whole very weird transformation on his part. And so as soon as I saw him on the screen, I'm like, eh, I kind of have a feeling. I've seen you do this stuff before. I ha- I kind of have a feeling that, uh, that Dane is probably going to be playing a villain in this one too. And, yeah, I mean... These are very much typical kids that one would find, I suppose, in high school or in American high school, for that matter, where you have, you know, the one guy, like you said, who's constantly bullied. You've got the other one who's more easygoing. And then you've got the, the chap running for, for class president. And, and I guess the more likable of the three or at least the more popular of the three. And I will say, I, I kind of found I, I really felt bad for Andrew initially in the sense that he's dealing with his mother, who is he's terminally ill. His yes. father has been laid off, is a drunkard and beats him regularly. So you kind of have to feel bad for this guy. And then, of course, you know, he comes home and there's the the, the guy that the jocks there on the on the sidewalk, the local bullies who beat. He gets beaten at school. He gets beaten on his way home. So the guy kind of takes literally a beating throughout you know every day by somebody different. So I kind of can't blame him for being angry at the world if you will um even at first he can't really do anything about it because he doesn't have the powers and so he kind of is very reclusive and rather than put himself out there he's there using a camera which for some is seen as a little bit creepy because like why the hell are you filming us you know we get that moment in the uh at the club where he's filming the one girl dancing and the dude comes over saying are you filming my girlfriend and he and he hits him and so I think it's kind of his way of, like I said, maybe he's just shying away from the world and using the camera to uh, to kind of speak for him because he doesn't want to be in the forefront, if you will. And I thought there was a great foreshadowing in this film of what Andrew would become, i.e. when we're in the toy shop and Andrew is levitating that uh, bear, that teddy bear, right over the little girl. And it's kind of similar to what he will do later in the film, where he's literally, you know, destroying things and murdering people randomly. And so I appreciate that kind of foreshadowing as he becomes that apex predator, which is something that he he keeps saying is, I'm the apex predator. It's almost like he takes his mother's words of advice to the extreme, as in she you know, kind of tells him, you're better than this. You can do this. And so after she dies, and of course he blames his father, I think he's like, he, his world is completely shattered. And so he takes it out on everybody and he uses this excuse of being the apex predator to do what he does. He feels betrayed. And I think one, there's, the, there's his mom telling him that stuff. And two, there's his father saying, those two guys you hang out with aren't really your friends. They're just using you. You're a loser. And he begins to believe his father. And that's why then he has that confrontation with both Matt and uh, and Steve. Of course, Steve up, Steve ends up getting killed, <clears throat> which is terrible. And um, I think Matt really is doing his best to look out for Andrew. He's his cousin. So he's like, you know, we're family. I'm trying to help you out. 
and he's he's got a big heart i think he's trying to get andrew out of his shell so i really appreciate that on his part and and of course he becomes the being he ends up becoming the literal hero at the end of this by murdering andrew of course he doesn't want to but he's the only one who can stop him and of course he skewers uh, andrew and and of course the world is safe like you said off he goes to to tibet and when it came to steve i mean he was just i mean it's michael b jordan so we know he's a great actor but here he was more just like i guess mr popular reaches out to you know major loser and kind of allows them him to feel more accepted and you know he also takes andrew under his wing when they do the magic show he's helping andrew to become popular and and I, appre- I appreciated both Matt and Steve. I mean, who wouldn't want to have these two guys in your corner if you're Mr. No Mates and nobody want, you know, wants to talk to you and you're such a loser? It's great to have these two guys and the bonding they have through their powers. I loved it. I thought it was great. So uh, <laughs> did you have anything else you wanted to add, Keith, before we got to ratings? No, I, I agree with you 100%. I think you, know, it, it, you hit the nail on the head with the three of them in terms of the dynamic. Well, I mean, as I said, well, that's why I appreciated it. I mean, as I said, we don't really, it's interesting how our hero, of course, the one who becomes the villain. And I did feel I get a little bit choked up when, um, you know, Matt is looking at the camera and saying, you know, Andrew, you made it. That was kind of sweet. So, uh, so I, I, and I also really appreciated, like you said, it being a metaphor for uh, teen violence. I think that's, that's definitely right on the nail with that. So yeah, I, I enjoyed these characters. I thought they did well. And, uh, once we we cut to, to credits, I was like, okay, that's something I watched. It wasn't bad. It wasn't amazing, but uh, it was decent. So if you don't have anything else you'd like to add on this movie, Keith, let's get to ratings then. What do you give Chronicle out of 10? See, I'm, I'm kind of torn. <laughs> and I say this because it's very, it, it do take on the genre in terms of superheroes and supervillains and things of that nature. But at the same time, it's also very boring, at least you know, in my mind. So I, I'm very, again, I'm, I'm torn on this one. I think I'm going to have to kind of, I'm going to give it a passing grade. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a 7.5. While it's not my cup of tea personally, I know other individuals, like you were saying, you like you don't mind the found footage. I think other individuals would find this movie um, very entertaining to watch. So, uh, well, fair enough. I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10, I think. Oh, as, oh I see. Uh, I, I almost went 7. There you go. Um, yeah, because, you know, there was enough on screen to enjoy as tragic as things get and as dire and dark as things get. I, uh, you know, I enjoyed what I what I got on screen. And like I said, the um, you kind of feel bad as, as certain characters and, and the way things are resolved. But other than that, yeah, so I think it definitely gets a passing grade. As I mentioned before, I don't think we need a sequel because this one kind of gives you everything you need unless you want to do an exploration of what was that mineral that gave these boys their powers, then by all means. But not, I don't think we necessarily need all our questions answered. I think it's fair to leave that mystery of what is this? I mean, one can make a million assumptions. Is it alien? Is it radioactive? Who knows? But I think it's 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 okay if we don't get that question answered. So it's seven out of ten for me. So going to recommendations, then uh, what would you like to recommend uh, when it comes to uh, you know 
folks who might have enjoyed this film and might want to check out something similar. Um, I definitely recommend Brightburn. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. That is, it's one of those weird, it's a, like a cult classic for me. I didn't enjoy it the first time, but the more I watched it, it kind of grew on me more and more because you just um, notice the nuances. I'm even going to go on a limb, say Dark Man, because that's another one of these weird, you know, individuals who become heroes by accident. Um, if you even, I'd go as far as to say New Mutants, while that is the lowest X Men movie on my, you know, tree as it were uh, again it still kind of falls in the same wheelhouse of teenagers you know discovering powers and abilities and you know learning how to use them in some cases responsibly and then the rest of the time i think those are some great recommendations i would say if you're looking for something maybe akin to this with a little bit of darkness in it you and i actually talked to mention this and talked about this off air a couple of weeks ago i would suggest you guys check out misfits the TV show, as uh, as it's a very clever, I think, British TV show where a random event causes teenagers around the country to gain powers. And there is that whole thing of self-exploration and will they use their powers for good? Will they use their powers for evil? I mean, the interesting thing about this particular movie is none of them really kind of pose themselves the question of, I'm going to use these powers for good. It's all about having fun and playing pranks rather than we can do. I mean, what I believe uh, um, at first it gets mentioned by Andrew, we could do so much more with these powers, but there's never really that desire to become superheroes. And Misfits is kind of the same way as in it's more realistic. If you were in the fact of, if you got mysteriously got powers, would you use them to be a superhero in the real world? Most people know, they probably use it for their own, you know, for their own ends and for their own entertainment, kind of like the boys here and kind of like the misfits. So uh, I appreciated that. So yeah, folks, definitely check out the misfits when it comes to you know, my recommendations. So of course, dear listeners, if you want to share your thoughts on the movies we discuss here, you can do so by shooting us an email to uh, happinessanddarknesshow at gmail.com. Once again, that email is happinessanddarknesshow at gmail.com. You can show your support by giving us a like on Facebook, where you'll find us as Happiness and Darkness. You can follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, we're at High Darkness Pod. Also, if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a rating review as this helps the show grow and allows us to continue to bring you a great podcast and keeps that algorithm stimulated and allows us to reach more like-minded ears like yours. And uh, Keith, when you're not here discussing found footage movies like Chronicle, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Um, I occasionally show up on other podcasts. Um, I, I do have another podcast with two of our mutual friends. It's called The Hour of Comics is Upon Us with John Seymour and Jason Gurren. Uh, we are actually getting back into the uh, the booth, as it were, this week to record a new episode. So that should be on all the major platforms, either later this week or early next week. We're reviewing, I believe it was, Giant Size X-Men number one. So a classic. Very cool indeed, and glad that uh, the Hour of Comics is upon us is, is back. And uh, anything else you'd like to plug? Um, y you know, you always put me on the spot, and I'm like... <sighs> Well, besides, obviously, our Facebook page, you know, I'm always on our social media platforms and I'm always ready, willing, and able to talk about anything comic book related, anime, manga, you name it. I'm pretty much a nerd of everything. I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none. 
well, uh, that, I think that's definitely a very apt description. And when it comes to me, folks, you can find me hosting the radio show Whiskey and Cigarettes. We play today's country, traditional country and everything else in between. More info about that and where to tune in can visit our website, which is whiskeyandcigarettesshow.com. On the podcast side of things, you can find myself, Sam Sprouse, and Rachel Friend on Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast. We're reviewing all the movies that won Best Picture in chronological order. This week, we will, of course, be taking on uh, Nomadland, the Chloe Zhao-directed film featuring and starring Frances McDormand. And last but certainly not least, this being a new year, The Fandom Zone, featuring myself and Charles Skaggs, is coming back this month as we'll be reviewing Echo, the latest MCU TV show, which is going to be coming out, I believe, in a, in a, in a week or so. So uh, definitely looking forward to, to seeing what that has to offer and what this uh, new uh, TV show will add to the MCU at large. And speaking of things to come on this show, next time we'll be taking on the 2009 Laureen Montgomery film, Wonder Woman. So, uh, Keith, uh, anything else you would like to add on either our next movie or anything else before we sign off? I, I promise I did not recommend this movie, so it actually is probably a good one. So... Uh, fingers crossed, I have actually not seen this one. So this will be a, f a first watch for me. Well, it looks like we'll, we'll be finding out together how good or how bad this movie is, because I have not seen this one either. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, it will do the great, the great Diana Prince justice. We'll have to find out, of course, next week, folks. So thanks, as always, for this show and supporting us. We will see you next time with Wonder Woman. Until then, thank you so much for the privilege of your time. Stay super. Ciao. Bye, people.